Okay, if you want to start with that episode number. It's been a while. Welcome back to another episode of Global from Asia. We're really sorry for missing out some episodes. So, yeah. So today we have our special guest, one of our GFABIP member. Yeah, Simon. Simon, and what episode number is this? It's episode three hundred seventy-six. All right, let's go in today. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight-up, actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. So yeah, Aubrey, great to get everything, kind of getting back on track. You know, your internet's stable, my internet's stable. <laughs> you know, it's rainy season everywhere. It's raining here. Is it raining there now? No, it's kind of sunny right now. Awesome. Best day to go to the beach. <laughs> Nice beach, beach. That's awesome. And yeah, so we're finally getting back to show. I know, I know, some listeners and people have been saying no email newsletter lately. We have our week. Well, almost whenever we do a podcast, we do a newsletter. Definitely, people enjoy our newsletter and our podcast. People have been asking, but we're back. You know, it took a little bit of. You know, May was a rough month. Seriously, I don't know. I was thinking about making that a show. Maybe we'll talk about that later. But we're back. We got this episode. We got another one already recorded. So we're gonna try to get. A whole whole system of shows back in the queue. So Aubrey, who's who's our guest today? Our guest for today is Simon, one of our GFABIP member, and I think we're going to talk about dropshipping, right? And it's excited to this topic. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I thought he was on the show before, and we mentioned in the interview. Unfortunately, you couldn't make it at the interview, but you can listen to it too, Aubrey, like others. But in the interview, we talk about how we met. And I, I thought I invite, you know, we mean to have him on the show for for years now. So it's finally getting him on the show. And you know, dropshipping is not our main our main focus here at, at Global from Asia lately because we feel like branding and FBA. But honestly, he gave me some good ideas, and there's a lot of ways you could uh, complement that with with FBA with e-commerce and and use it in a lot of different strategies. Also, there's been some updates in the Scalar Brothers, right, with our flip method. We can talk about that after the show. Yeah, we'll talk about that after the show. Maybe our listeners are excited to drop the dive in on the podcast already. Yeah, so let's, let's, let's go in. All right. Thank you, everybody, for checking out our Global from Asia podcast. I, is it really your first time, Simon? Are you sure? I feel like you... On, on the GFA, yeah. But we, but we kind of did the China business cast. Yeah, so we took over China from business so. That's right. So it feels That's like right. we know each other from podcasting. For yeah, longer, but it's the first time on GFA. Yeah. Okay, well, we're making it happen. You know, we've been talking yeah. about it for a while, for quite a while. So it's, yeah. you know, we were gonna, we we're talking a little bit before the recording. But I figured, hey, just just hit that record button because you're gonna see some cool stuff. But you know, you're in Netherlands now. We've, you know, we've known each other for quite a few years. We met. And you also, like you said, we're a host at the China Business Cast, which is cool. And then uh, you came down to Cross Border Summit 2019, and we met in person, which is really cool. And now you're back into to the Western world in Netherlands in Europe. So, how's that, man? How's everything? Oh, I've been in now for a year. It's like maybe one week, uh, one year and a week. It's been a roller coaster because I've spent 10 years in China. Yep, yep. And then, as you know, in China, the balance is also a little bit different in family life and work life. And especially when you have a Chinese spouse like yourself, 
a lot of things in the house around the house are taken care of <laughs> so your your main focus is work and then of course when you have time off you spend time with your family and your kids and then moving from 10 years to the Netherlands where you are the one speaking the local language and you are the one need to take the initiative and take the lead suddenly the roles shift and my wife is definitely trying to to help as much as she can and she does amazing in in what she does uh, but still a lot of the letters or communication with the institutions with immigration with schools with everything is in is in the local language wow so that was a big shift that i i knew it was coming but i wasn't didn't know it was that that tough <laughs> and uh so now now we're in, then the first few months were really a roller coaster and that's just even considering everything around even with or without corona it would have been the same so it's just the whole moving with a family with a wife two boys and uh, to to move here and then i think around the end of the year we bought a house which we are now currently renovating decorating which also brings a lot of stuff that come with it and at the same time you want to keep pushing the work to move forward to be able to grow the business and to expand and travel so i did trips to dubai to malta to germany to um london and in this way yeah it's a lot so sometimes it comes a little bit messy uh, because it's just a lot of balls in the air uh, but i think that's uh, everyone is trying to to juggle what i see here around me uh, the balance of life is very different most of my friends family they are working part-time or they have they have time for their kids because they have to because no one is helping out mm -hmm. in china obviously you have the luxury that someone helps out so we got ourselves as well an au pair from the philippines to move in to help us to bring in a little bit more balance uh, so we can still do what we get energy from which is also uh, work and and spending time with kids and not the cleaning part and the cooking part yeah yeah, yeah. wow you're you know the course i'm I'm still here in China. I was in Thailand. Trying to get back to Thailand, to be honest, but U.S. is even even on the on the list. Uh, and you're making me think of the overwhelming amount of stuff that would be on my side. Now that's interesting. Well, you moved twice already, right? From Thailand and then to North China and then from North China back to Shenzhen. You yeah. have it also. It's not. It's not going to be that much different for you, I would say. But then you have it already. Have done it already twice. True. It's exhausting. Yeah. Like family to be, you know, to be a father or a parent. Yeah, I know. It's a whole new, a whole new game. Be a whole yeah. show. This, this is like a whole show in itself. But I think today's talk, we decided to talk about a little bit more on the business side and cross-border e-commerce specifically drop shipping. So yeah, you've been, you've been, you're, you're the BD at a Hyperskew, which is a drop shipping solution. And you're, you're always making a lot of connections and, and a networker. And I also appreciate your membership at GFA VIP. That's also appreciated. Thanks for that. And so for Hyperskew, you want to give us a little overview of what, what it is or what you do? Yeah, so the company is about three and a half years old and it's owned by two, two Chinese. And there are also Chinese investors in it. And actually, because whenever you think of dropshipping, a lot of people think of buying stuff on AliExpress and letting them ship it out. There are really three major downsides to AliExpress that, that, that are the reason why we created why Hyperskew was created. So the first one is then shipping time can be very slow. And the second is the quality of the products. And the third is the communication. These three are the main reasons why people fail and cannot scale uh, using AliExpress for doing drop shipping. For us, that's why we, we were using shipping methods that, that can deliver in seven to 10 days, some even faster, some countries a little slower, but in general, it's seven to 10 days, which is still very decent. 
And when because the orders still go through our warehouse in China, we have multiple warehouses there. We actually touch the products. So it's not an AliExpress seller that's pushing the order to someone else who's actually doing the shipping. Yeah. It's actually the goods go through our own warehouse. So we still have some check to see. It's not a quality check because our warehouse cannot check millions of different SKUs. They don't have the knowledge. Nobody has that knowledge. But it's more like a visual check. Is it broken? Is it the right color? Is the size correct? Is there anything damaged in the in, in the in the of the packaging? That yeah. kind of check, and then before that, and then it's shipped out. And within our team, we have built several people. Well, we haven't built them, but we hired several people that speak multiple languages. So the basic language is Chinese. Uh, all the sales account managers they have studied abroad or studied English or have a good level of English, and then most of them also studied abroad and learned Spanish or Dutch or in, or French or German or other languages. So that we can actually help the seller in their preferred language. And especially when it comes to onboarding, once you have an understanding of how we work, it's fine to do that in English. So then it goes to an account manager who supports in, in English. But when it comes to the onboarding, building a relationship, the connection, it's very nice to talk to someone in your own language and yeah. get an understanding. How does it work? And I have an issue. You can call someone that can explain to you what's going on. And, and that's not, is a very big differentiator. And that's what we see with a lot of our competitors. They're either very Chinese with limited English vocabulary. They will not pick up the phone easily to call the seller. It's more like typing, typing over and over and over again and a lot of miscommunication. But picking up the phone can solve a lot of the issues quite quickly. Cool. And we also see the local dropshipping agents that are local, like in Europe or in the US, they're less strong in China with their with their presence, with their supply chain, with their connection with the suppliers and warehouses. So for us, we position ourselves a little bit in the middle where we have an international team, but the backbone is in China, which brings all the benefits that dropshipping basically has. China has access to supply, has good uh, logistics, has a lot of knowledge uh, on IT, there's capital available. So it's actually all the tools you need to, to scale a dropshipping business. Awesome. Uh, yeah, you, you got me a couple of points. There's, I don't know if you've seen it before. I saw it maybe on a Facebook group, but there was a picture. It's like, you know, the standard yellow bubble, bubble wrap, uh, drop ship. I mean, everywhere, you know, the, the, the yellow bubble wrap envelope, but on the ship to, it says name or ship to, you know, drop ship order, no receipt, no packing list. Some, you know, how like <laughs> in a lot of the drop ship, classes online i i've yeah. honestly even done i've done some workshops uh back in the day where i i gave you yeah. usually you say in the notes field on aliexpress you put the note we usually say drop ship order don't put the packing list or price or you know inserts yeah. there's some you put that so they put that as the name <laughs> to the customer in, in the shipment it was a funny one i remember um and then do you also, does it also repackage the product like to your own packaging design or is it? Using yeah. Yeah. So the, so the, the, the problem you mentioned with the address, it cannot happen with us because the, whenever there's something with the address that's incomplete, like a house num address number, postal code, city, or something in, with the name, it will not be able to ship. So it will not be able to pay the order. It needs to be fixed first. So the, the, that increases the delivery rate. 
just to be able to do that. And right. because everything goes to our own warehouse, so we buy then sometimes in bulk because somebody may maybe has 20 orders a day or 100 orders a day, and then we buy from one supplier. They bring it to our warehouse. We have to pack the orders. So either way, no matter how it arrives, we have to open it up, check it, put it in a new. Most of the time, it's a white envelope with no Chinese characters, nothing on it, and just the shipping label. And then the return address is also quite often a local warehouse in Europe or U.S., Oh, just wow. to be able to show that it's not really coming from China. It should be okay to, 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 to handle it like that because that's the main thing. People don't want it to show in the tracking or on the packaging that it's coming from China. Wow. Uh, although we, we both know most of the things in the world come from China. So <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe we could dive in a little bit more. You're kind of giving me some, some answer in this points, but so what are some ways there are people use using this or drop shipping in general now like a lot of people think they say like drop shipping is dead or you know like there's no margin too much competition can you give us some ways yeah. some of your your people or customers are using it to maybe differentiate or to to succeed yeah. today's market so for us we see that a lot of the well the drop shipper they have a store most of the time a shopify store in our case where they connect that with our platform and once it's connected, the orders come in with us. And then we will prepare the orders to make them ready to pay. They click pay. Once it's paid, we will purchase the goods, ship it to our warehouse, and then ship it out. So we don't have stock of all the items that are being sold. We have to purchase based on whatever the consumer pays. Um, the, that model is, is still very much alive. It has a curve where sometimes it's is, is more popular than others. And has been a lot of bad experiences by consumers buying from dropshipping stores. And in general, payment providers don't like dropshippers because they consider them a, a risky profile. So that gives you a lot of issues when it comes to either on Facebook ads or PayPal or Klarna or, or whatever payment method you, you use. But in general, dropshipping itself is, is there and is always going to be there because it's not individuals only doing dropshipping. Global multinationals do drop shipping too. Yeah. They don't have everything they have on their on, on stock. It's they true. also use suppliers that are sending the orders out for them. Whenever you buy, I bought something online on uh, Zolando, which is more mostly like shoe fashion brand from platform from Germany. I don't receive the orders at once all together. I receive different ones because they come from different locations and they're being drop shipped to my home. And this is an established top three platform in Germany. Uh, so it's not that it's the dropshipping model is is dying or is going uh, to disappear. I think the, the how people have played the game is to make quick bucks. That is more and more difficult to just put something online and then magically orders come in and you, got, you, you start to become rich. I think that's, I haven't seen many that succeed within three months with getting to a six-figure store or something like that. And then the question is six-figure what is bottom line left of that six figure it's true. is still also a question, right? So I think that what a lot of the time is there's a dream that's being told, a financial dream. And for me, it's more like a journey because I see that dropshipping, and I really recommend anyone to do any entrepreneurial activity. It's a way to become an entrepreneur, to understand what, what comes with everything, like marketing, with finances, with logistics, all the facets of, of trading comes back into dropshipping. It makes you a better individual. It makes you a more valuable employee if you don't think entrepreneurship is something for you. 
And it will open up so many opportunities because if you think I get excited by entrepreneurship and dropshipping is really my thing, great. You go into the next thing and you're going to be leading the economy in one way or form, hiring people, hiring local staff, global staff. And it's going to be a driver for any, any country's uh, economy. So for me, it's a stepping stone. Yeah. And dropshipping is a great way for stepping stone to find out if entrepreneurship is something for you. And secondary, a lot of dropshippers after two, three years, they go into another niche. They go into advertising or they go into marketing or they go into creatives. They, they go into something because they found out that they gave most energy out of that kind of activity. And therefore, they start an agency or they start become a, a service provider. So for me, it's that stepping stone will always stay because it's a very low entry way to do this. And the dropshipping model itself will, will also not go away because it's, it's so easy to use not only for individuals, but also for uh, multinationals. Yeah. yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah, you said a lot of great stuff there. I'll, I'll take a couple of, couple, of, couple of points. Yeah, like... I, honestly, I I had some stores that were definitely not or the old fashioned ones, you know, like I think dropshipping used to be or a lot of people would do dropshipping where it would kind of just make a store for everything, like a general store. And they'd import, you know, they use those plugins. I, I've used those plugins. Right. And then they they import all the products from AliExpress. Yeah. <clears throat> maybe maybe you spin it or you change some of it, but it pulls the images, it pulls the title. You know, you can change some of it. And then honestly, it gets sales. But then like, like you said, the credit card, the PayPal, the chargebacks, the delay, the out of stock products, the discontinued products, you know, the, the AliExpress vendor will say, oh, we don't sell this anymore. And you're like, man, I just, I did marketing on it, right? I, I, I created a listing or, you know, I did Facebook ads and then I was bringing sales. And now you say you don't even have this product anymore, right? So, but I think like you said, like having, having more focused on a smaller quantity, like a better relationship with a supplier, working with a value add provider like you to inspect the goods, to make sure it's shipped on time. Because yeah, honestly, there was times I did that and I'm like, I'm buying, basically you just buy it on AliExpress and just hope, hope it arrives. <laughs> You're just like, yeah. please arrive to the customer you know like seriously it was scary but yeah so so the, I, I like we said like another story i have is i i learned about a drop shipping from buying a, a router in the u.s when i was in new york city i i learned that the router didn't come from the isp a service internet service provider it came from like a vent from their fact from a factory that's drop shipping right like drop like you shipping, said yeah they're they're not like some small like entrepreneur that's just doing Facebook ads. They're they're drop shipping as multinational companies, like you said. So it's just like that's why people have to upgrade their game. They have to get good at supply chain, find value added yeah. providers like you to make sure that the goods are actually delivered, because that's going to be the way to sustain and thrive, which is really cool. Yeah, that's for us. I think the supply chain is how we want to differentiate ourselves because that's the key differentiator itself. We see that, for example, Tainiao from Alibaba, they want to have global delivery in 72 hours, That's which is basically three days. It's not there yet at that level, but they're going to push that forward. And other players are following that as well. It is possible. We, we deliver to the UK now four to six days. So sometimes even in four days from a warehouse, it arrives in the UK. It's wow. become, if you are able to reach the delivery within five days and your total shipping cost 
compared to keeping stock and doing local fulfillment in a in a warehouse is it is that's if that's lower and it's maybe two or three days slower then there's no benefit in keeping stock anymore and if you can even customize it by having some already stock you buy stock but you keep it in our warehouse free of charge for for one month and you try to sell that and you can deliver it with that kind of speed then the advantage of having local warehouse is is almost gone yeah uh, of course you people want next day delivery i understand that next day delivery will never be possible from china but three days is something that is doable in the coming five years Amazing. and the, the quality issues of china becoming also less and less simply because the game is being changing is no longer a factory of the world is designer of the world. Yeah. So China is actually coming up with brands which will will create a whole new dynamic of the whole supply chain. And in my opinion, it's changing to a demand chain. So it's no longer uh, uh, who is going to supply my product. It's more or less who has the product I want and has that available. And, and then the, the, the power for, is always at the buyer. So you are the buyer. So I'm going to buy 1,000 pieces. Give me your best price. Otherwise, it go to someone else. Mm. Then it's changing. So okay, I, I, you have, you, I have stock. I have one thousand in stock. Can you help me to sell? Sure, I can help you to sell because there's no risk in that. So I, I see, I predict that the coming years, probably three to five years, the power of the suppliers become much more. Mm. And then whatever is happening now with TikTok and all these kind of live streaming, the influencing game will be they will be used by chinese suppliers saying i'm now selling to a middleman who's selling to a middleman who's selling it to an offline retail store can you help me to build my own brand and promote it and i have the stock i can put it even in a local warehouse anywhere in the world at my cost but i need you to promote it and to sell it and then you get exactly what's happening in china now with the live streaming the number of sales that's being generated by live streaming and the speed of the production and involving the factories with the whole sales channel. Well, you, you're going to say, okay, I'm going to do a live stream and I'm going to promote this product, but you don't have to stock yet. So you need to have a supplier that's ready to produce something for you in time, or maybe you have the raw materials already ready or the goods even ready. So you can, without any issue, can scale and try to sell that product. And I think that's, that's a game that's that's a little bit that's going to be changing and the best examples that happen with the demand chain is basically the face masks and everything corona related because you're no longer searching for who can produce my product it's like who has stock who has stock to the product that i want true and that kind of shortage is is happening now more and more due to yeah. a lot of reasons mainly corona but yeah yeah no, I like, I took the demand chain as a cool co concept I haven't heard. <laughs> it's, so yeah, because we always think supply chain, but demand chain, it makes sense. So make me, give me some thoughts. Because, yeah, I mean, it's any the, pl the, the planning will be, be different. So your planning process, so somebody has an order, then you start to think about other production itself. But now if you start to think from a demand, then you start to say, okay, I need someone who can create the demand. What do I need to do to facilitate them? I need to have goods available already. So they're already pre-produced and the whole, everything is changing. It's shifting to into another kind of a direction, which is very, very interesting. Yeah. So in your, in, in your opinion, actually, we're going to, we're going to talk about print on demand in a future episode, next episode. 
actually already recorded, but this this won't be first. Just a little bit weird. Okay. But, but they also talk about where they they consolidate the shipment, all this the B 2 C orders in China, and then they send send it to the, the U.S. and they break it. Is that what this is doing? A hyperscale or? And uh, no, we we're now more order based, so we we buy the order per order. And from the supplier locally, we don't use AliExpress. We buy from local manufacturers, ship to our warehouse. And then normally we can hand it over to players like Unexpress for the delivery. So most of our items are going with Unexpress okay. and they ship out uh, globally with their, so they consolidate all the parcels, ours and, and, and others into fl- flights. Uh, and then they, they arrange the custom clearance and they have contracts with the last mile in general. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. All right. I mean, I have some questions. I think we kind of answered some of them, but so mostly still from China, right? Just to be, or is there other other supply locations, or is it mostly China out? Probably mostly for us. It's now from China, and we are we we will launch uh, that we also will have some supply from from Europe. Okay. Um, But the diversity of products is very is is limited. That you cannot keep. That's the whole thing. Also, and you know that too with Amazon. There's you have to keep stock in a warehouse, so you have to predict what's going to sell, but you cannot easily change. You cannot add new products or a wider variety of catalogs unless making the investment of stock. And I think that's so. What we see is that most of the products that are being sold in Europe or for or US are high ticket drop shipping. So it's more high value products, uh, which is probably sold over 100 US. Uh, so, so that they that for that kind of items you expect faster delivery, but most of the time they're also heavier and bulkier. So, mm-hmm. for example, furniture, it's not possible to drop ship from China by air with a decent margin. You will spend too much on the shipping cost. Yeah. So you have to have the local supplier where someone has already bought that and put it by sea or train into a warehouse, uh, and then you can sell that for them. We yeah. see that that's kind of uh, so that is a. It's not per se that we're selling the same items if we use a local warehouse. It's probably additional items that we're currently not able to supply with decent margins. Yeah, got it. Really cool. Really cool. So, for using Hyperskew, like, what are some ways? How do people get started and, and normally use it? Is what's what's the workflow or system? Um, it's it's kind of straightforward. So Hyperskew, you go to hyperskew.com, you create an account. That's all free. We only make money once you have orders paying with us. So there's no no hidden cost or anything like that. And whenever you you connect, uh, you create an account, you connect the store. When you have orders, uh, you will also reach out to our team or we reach out to you. And there will be daily communication on WhatsApp or Skype or whatever channel you prefer. So there's actually someone yeah, with you uh, on demand, more or less, to give you answers for questions. Whenever the order uh, is is paid and uh, goods arrive in our warehouse, the tracking number is pushed back to to Shopify or WooCommerce or BigCommerce or whatever channel you're using, uh, so that um, that kind of thing is all automatic. We try to automate as much as possible of the flow to be able to have the seller to focus on marketing, finding new products, and do the advertising, so that we can focus on getting in touch with the supplier, negotiate with them, coordinate all the shipments, all the deliveries, and make sure the customization happening. And the customization is definitely something that's more and more popular now. People want branded packaging, branded products, 
uh, all that kind of stuff, exactly. which is very difficult to do if it's a hundred pieces or 200 pieces or like a, like a few hundred pieces, which is very hard to make it cost efficient for us because you easily spend a lot of time on this, on, on fine tuning that. Um, so the margins are very thin. It only works if the seller is able to scale it. Yeah. And so our job yeah. is to make it as easy as possible so that they have the time and energy to scale and build something that will benefit us and them, obviously, because our, ours is purely margin-based. We have a markup on our product cost and markup on the shipping cost. That's it. Okay. There's no no other cost involved. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So then, the, so I, to be clear, if I have my own, like, if I have my own supplier already, would I be able to work with you or... It's yeah, yeah, yeah. In the end, in the end, you you decide whether you can even do. You have 50, 50 products, and only one product you want to do with us. That's fine. You do the one product with us, the rest with the other supplier. I recommend people to have at least two suppliers because then you can compare prices, and sometimes one is better than the other, or has different shipping methods, or is able to to get a better supplier itself. Uh, so I, I always recommend people to have two suppliers. Of course, we're happy to serve someone only them a lot of our customers like i tried with others i like you guys sometimes you guys are maybe a little bit more expensive but it saves me time it saves me energy uh so that's also a time saver so we see that cost of products are sometimes compared purely like okay one cent higher or lower makes a difference but the time and spent is normally not calculated so a lot of young entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs forget to calculate their own time into their cost structure because you only look at like fixed cost and not so much the hidden cost. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. For us, we see that delivery rate is higher. There's less quality issues. Uh, the speed is, 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 is quite, very, quite good. So we, we see that these kind of things will help you not to get banned, not to get blocked, not to get any issues along the way, um, which uh, is in the end, the, the whole game. It's not a short-term game. It's to be a few months or a year where you can actually uh, make some money. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Just to reiterate that, I mean, a lot of, I, th- I think you're right. A lot of, especially new entrepreneurs focus too much on the cost side versus the sales side, you know, especially ones like that come to China or are looking for sourcing. They're trying to get like the lowest price, but then you're going to burn yourself on the sales side if you're selling bad quality or bad service. Right. So like, yeah, I think people should take that into account and when they're doing their whole analysis, but for sure it's worth it, man. I mean, to, it's a core part of the business and you got to be confident in it. And my, mm-hmm. my, one of my last kind of like big picture, I even kind of saying it, I like the whole like demand chain, but the forecasts for drop shipping or, you know, maybe even e-commerce or in the next five, 10 years, you, think, you know, what's in your crystal ball. Yes, so in the next five years, I think the role of the suppliers will definitely be more, much more. So the, you more become marketing agencies as a, or influencer as a dropshipper, where you either have a pool of influencers that you manage or you do that yourself. But most of the time, dropshippers want to stay hidden and they use other individuals to promote products. So I do, I do think that's a big, a big one. I do see that Chinese brands will also pick up because there's a lot of retail stores that are being empty now on the street. And it's quite easy to buy a spot in a, in a busy street and put your logo on the outside and create eyeballs for your brand that doesn't have any awareness net yet. 
Yeah. So I, I do think that there's going to be a lot of changes. The last two years, Europe has, especially last year, a lot of changes in Europe. So they had the new VAT rules that for drop shipping. So everything below 22 euro before was tax-free to import. Now everything is taxed. So that definitely had an impact where people, drop shippers in general said, okay, I need to reassess how I can make money because now suddenly I have to pay 20% VAT that I didn't pay before. Yeah. That, 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 that's yeah. almost my margin. So how do I how solve this? Uh, so yeah. that was a big impact. Now we have the war with Russia and Ukraine has a big impact. Corona is still happening, um, <laughs> the pandemic. So then the supply chain, uh, there is still not enough containers going up and down from China to, to here. So inflation has been double digit in the last few months in Europe, uh, which is insane. So that is the spending power of individuals will drop because a lot of the things, honestly said, on dropshipping are not items you need. It's, it's more like an impulse buy. You see an ad, you click on it, you purchase it. So when you have money to spend, you take a look at that. But if you have no money to spend and you're, most of your money spent on food or other things on your kids, it's harder to, to have that kind of spending power. So I think the coming two years will be a little tougher um, and then we'll have to take some time to reshape the supply chain, to reshape the model of, of dropshipping itself for Europe. For US, it just keeps going because there's not much changes in that sense. So we see stable growth outside of Europe. Within Europe, it's picking up again from April, where there's again some growth because there's mainly new people, new young entrepreneurs trying to do drop shipping because they try crypto and it hasn't been, it hasn't been a good year. <laughs> for yeah, man. And they tried all these other things. NFTs is still not, not stable enough. So they tr you try a lot of things as trying to find your financial freedom. And dropshipping is one of them. And it turns out to be the most stable one of all <laughs> with limited investment and, and still limited risk. Yeah, uh, that is still an interesting venue. Yeah, That makes sense. That makes sense. This is great. I got some new inspiration and ideas too, Simon. And I think that's all I have, unless you want to add anything. But of course, how, how can people find, of course, hyperskew.com is if you want to drop any other links or, or connections here, you can do that. Yeah, so Hyperskew, we're on YouTube, on TikTok itself, Facebook. So we have a good, uh, decent co uh, content there. And if you want to follow me, Simon Durat, I'm on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or uh, any, any way you want to reach out to me. Try to respond as soon as possible and uh, see if I can help you further. If you want to buy a product, if you want to buy a book, also fine. We, don't, we, we, we tend not to work too much with Amazon sellers simply because because I want to prevent people reaching out and getting disappointed because I know you're following a lot of Amazon sellers. Yeah, it's hard are. for us to compete because Alibaba has better pri product prices than we offer normally. Just the shipping cost of Alibaba is, is much higher than what, uh, if we would offer it, but we're not a freight forwarding agency. So we are not a freight forwarder itself. And Chinese players are dominating Amazon and Shopify much less. There's still much more European and Western sellers active on that. So the competition is a little bit different. So we, we tend to focus, if you're selling on WooCommerce, drop, um, Shopify, or any other dropshipping channel, let us know you're currently working with a supplier and you want to try something else because what's the risk of trying someone else? Sure. Reach out. We're happy to, to fulfill one order for you. For GFA community, we can do an order for free. Wow. You can just try us out and see if you like it. And there's no risk to that, I would say. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Awesome. Well, I think that's, that's all like I have, and it was a really fun 
shot to have you here, Simon, and glad we finally got it. It's been on my list to get you on yeah. the show. We made it happen. So thanks. Thank so much you, Mike. Thanks. And also, Aubrey, yeah, your team is amazing. So thanks to you guys. Oh, yeah. She was supposed to be here. Internet, internet problems in the Philippines. <laughs> but yeah. 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 Great. Cool. All right. Thank you, Simon. There's honestly lots of dropship opportunities still. And as we talked about, um, you know, every dropship is not dead. I know there's certain parts of dropshipping is dead, like, you know, making a website with thousands of products to dropship from AliExpress. But I think, like Simon says, if you have a good supply chain and a focused niche, uh, that will that will still be always successful. Right, Aubrey? And and uh you know, I, I actually met many dropshippers in the Philippines. I, I, I was there, uh, I spoke in, uh, you know, I spoke in Quezon City there, I spoke in Cebu, and I spoke in, in uh, Baguio. And I was in Baguio, I met a dropshipper, Aubrey, and he had a lot of problems because it was right when COVID hit. And after I spoke, he came to talk to me after the speech. And he had, I don't know, hundreds or thousands of products that were not shipped because of coronavirus and the and he had he accepted PayPal, so he was asking me what to do. And as we said in the interview, if you have you know the biggest risk is getting your bank account or your merchant account shut down, like losing your PayPal, losing your Stripe, losing your bank account, really could destroy your business. So I told him, you know, be careful you don't get chargebacks because that's really what kills dropship businesses is when you get customers refunding or calling their credit card to cancel their order. So anyway, but of course, if you don't do it, like, like get into that situation, you should be okay. What do you think, Aubrey, if you ever study dropshipping? Uh, I'm not really familiar with that, but I've heard on a, uh, some other news too. But uh, based on that explanation, I think it's kind of, you know, frustrating to deal with it. But if we have strategies on how to deal with things, uh, I, I know we can overcome anything. Yeah, like, I don't know if that's how it works in Philippines, but in the U.S., when I ordered a router from Verizon, like my ISP, they send me a router as part of the package. Actually, that is drop shipping. That is drop shipping. Usually, like, you know, Globe or these other horrible internet companies, they actually, they don't, they don't, they're just uh, drop shipping usually. They just have it sent from the factory, um, not them directly, and they're not taking the stock. Uh, it's very common. So again, people think dropshipping is dead. It's not dead. It's just you got to be good in your supply chain, and you got to you know deliver what you say on time. And so solutions like Simon's. He also gave us a little discount or bonus for GFA listeners, and just mentioned GFA when you mentioned to him or anybody at Hyperskew. Also, you know, they'll know they came from the show, so it's worth it. And so, Aubrey, you've been working really hard. Let's talk a little bit about Excalibur Brothers. Can you start the conversation of where we're at with that, with the products? Yeah, actually, we're pretty excited to finally launch these products. But I guess first one, we're going to be initially launched first before the other product. And I think it's on the way to U.S., right? Yeah, it's on the boat. We decided, or actually the franchisee, it's really their decision to save money on the shipping by ocean rather than by air. And yeah, so we Sonic Containers, LCL shipment, uh, these polishing cloths. If you're on, if you're watching my, our video version, you can see it, but if you're on audio, maybe you can check it out uh, in excaliburbrothers.com. But yeah, basically it should arrive June 20th at the port. 
And as anybody that has experience knowing this, it's going to take some time to get checked in and imported and shipped and checked into Amazon. So we think early July, maybe latest mid-July, but more likely early July launch. Uh, actually, going back to dropshipping topic, I think we're receiving emails who are interested to have our products, right? You're and... right. You're right. Uh, brother, we get so many emails. <laughs> we have the New York Bar Store. I mean, might as well just share it publicly. You know, we do everything public. But New York Bar Store was our one of our actually not the very first, but one of our first one of our first e-commerce websites, and it was dropshipping. But we were actually a dropshipper. So we let other sellers sell our products and we ship from our warehouse. And as you probably can tell, Aubrey, I don't like to turn off websites or delete pages. So we still have this dropship application form. Uh, and, but it's, it's, you know, like I have this long-term dream, you know, it's been tens and tens of years, not even years, but like decades of building this seriously. But the idea is we can let people drop ship this polishing cloth, actually. So we, I don't want to overwhelm you, Aubrey, or our amazing team, but if when you're ready, we can reply to those drop ship applications and let them drop ship our Excalibur Brothers products or even other brand products. Like, I don't know if we're ready to expose all of our brands but publicly, but the other brands that we have, we can let other sellers sell. So that is true, right? That is a, a good point uh, to bring up. And we need to develop the dropship. Actually, we have the whole system. <laughs> We've been through so many years about e-commerce operating, it's unbelievable. But I'm not sure if you saw the video with Marie. Marie was even on this podcast, Marie Balan, but she's married now to a German friend of mine, Daniel, and they live in Germany. But she's a Filipina that worked for us at Shadstone from 2009 until 2000, I don't know. 13, 12, and she's great, you know, and she really helped us to, you know, maintain because we started it in 2004, but she helped maintain it from 2009 to 2012. Actually, she bought it from us with her husband when she moved to Germany and she didn't have time over time. So we bought it back. I don't know if you kind of give me a little bit of insights. She's also on our podcast, on our video blog, I met her in Manila. Again, I've, I've known her a really long time. We're still good friends and we bought it back. But yeah, we have to kind of get the, get the shopping cart set up and the dropship program set up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I hope our team can help us do that. But the idea is once we, but then again, the thing is, Aubrey, is I don't know if they're just going to want to sell one product. Dropshippers like to sell lots of products, right? But we could maybe let them sell this product, but they might say, oh, don't you have more products? Usually they say they want to add like a whole catalog of products to your website. So we had that before. We had almost 250 SKUs before for New York Bar Store. But the idea, the dream is, you're right, you, you, I'm happy you bring it up, is we can re-establish the dropship program on New York Bar Store for letting them sell our branded products like Excalibur Brothers. That's the dream. Like It'll happen. Maybe it'll take another six months or a year, but maybe sooner. But we will make it happen. We're going to do it. That's the goal. Yeah. 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 So. All right. And so those are the updates. And I, I keep people asking, you know, what's the products that we sell in Excalibur Brothers? You can see the first four. Uh, it's global. We did a podcast with Luciano. Globalformation.com slash EB for Excalibur Brothers products. And we have the episode and we show the products. We link to the links. They're already ranking in Google. I don't know if you knew that, Aubrey. Like the leather flask case is already ranking in Google. Well, 
page two, but it was from, we just built a listing page on our website. But I think you know me and our skill, of course we're Amazon sellers and we've been doing this since 2006, but we are more about internet marketing off, off Amazon traffic. So we're already building up off, offsite traffic. And so I can't wait to launch. And yeah, I mean, and I don't know if you've seen Luciano's latest website design. Have you seen that yet, Aubrey? No, yeah. no, I've seen that and it's so beautiful. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And then the videos. Yeah. I mean, we're going to start to really crank it out now. So I, if you're listening, I think we're also talking, Aubrey, about opening up the next batch of Blimp Method participants for new products. I don't know if it kind of hit, maybe we shouldn't say too much yet, but there is a wait list at blimpmethod.com. I think there's like almost a hundred people on the list. So I don't know. We're not going to still going to be selective and application only. So I think they could. And then I think you'll be helping talk to the applicants to see if they're the right fit for the program. So I think they can sign up on that wait list for now, but hopefully soon we'll be opening it up again. Right. Yeah. So we should watch out for that. And it's pretty soon to send some emails to them. Yeah. And I will make sure to inform them. Awesome. All right, I think that's a wrap today. I think episode 376, getting closer to 400. I can't believe it. So thanks for being here with us, Aubrey. Thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.